Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And speaking of embracing life, everyone loves getting lost in the pages of a great read, especially one that both entertains us with a captivating story, as well as enlightens us about one of the major social ills our society faces today. Our guest, Bruce Lewis, has written just such a book. Bruce is a crime reporter reporter for several California daily newspapers covering police, fire, sheriffs, and the highway patrol before moving on to a career in public relations. His reporting earned six awards for best news and feature writing, and now he's gone on to produce his debut novel, Bloody Paws, and this thriller not only provides the reader with an engaging story, but also a tale filled with intrigue, murder, and the plight of the homeless. His second book, Bloody Pages, is scheduled for release in August, and he's busy plotting Bloody Feathers, the third book in the Kim Jansen Detective Series. Obviously, Bruce has a real thirst for blood, and I can't wait to find out more. So welcome, Bruce. Thank you so much, Eileen. Uh, Feisty Side of 50 is a great program. I'm honored to be here today. Well, my pleasure for sure, and with that thirst for blood, I'd like to say a huge congratulations. Your debut novel is certainly getting well-received, and the fact that it's both a crime thriller and addresses, you know, one of these issues that a lot of times we don't, you know, think enough about, uh, again, the homeless, it's both entertaining and thought-provoking. So let's start out right at the top of the show with you giving us an overview of the story of Bloody Paws. Well, this is a story about a, um, uh, a Portland veterinarian who uh, returns from Chicago uh, to his mother's bedside, who is dying. And after she passes, he uses the money to set up a mobile pet care clinic for, for dogs. And, he's, and one of the things his mother wanted was for him to go out in the community and offer free care for the homeless. And pretty soon he's out there in the community doing uh, just that and also observing how much these people are suffering. And one day he spots this little homeless lady who has a a mental breakdown, I think from meth. uh, She's a meth addict. And she she pleads for God to take her. And uh, that leads into a a whole other part of the book, that uh, sets up the, uh, you know, everything that comes after. Yeah, wow. Well, uh, I mean, this combination of of having a veterinarian and issues with the plights of the homeless, how did you come up with an idea with a story that kind of combines those two really distinct (laughs) issues or distinct, one of them's a career profession and one of them's a, you know, a social issue that we're dealing with. So it's kind of how do you came up with bringing the two together? Well, you know, I had the idea about 10 years ago. Uh, I was living up in Mendocino on the coast, and um, a fellow Rotarian who was the head of the uh, uh, Humane Society asked me if I could help promote their thrift store, which is where they got all the money for rescuing dogs and cats. And I said, sure. And I went over and visited the facility and uh, saw the, the veterinary unit. And it was just about the same time Probably, I think, the next day, I was down in 
going into a supermarket to pick groceries, and I saw uh, a homeless man out digging food out of a trash can. You know, he's ripping papers. It was a very sad scene, ripping the papers apart and eating the crumbs and drinking leftovers from soda cans. And uh, uh, the next morning, I was in the shower, and I had this less than charitable thought, combining both my experience with, you know, the strays at the, at the homeless shelter and this guy. I said, well, you know, he, he's kind of like a stray, you know, like a stray dog. He's living on the street. He doesn't have a place to live, you know, et cetera. And uh, from that came uh, not only Jim Briggs, the veterinarian, but a dark voice in his head who I call Dime, the devil in my ear. And that devil says, hey, Jim, you know, we could solve the homeless problem one shot at a time. And, of course, what he's talking about is that Jim, uh, the veterinarian, uh, he has euthanasia drugs that unfortunately he has to use on some of his, some of the pet dogs from time to time. So you put all the two together and uh, you see that the homeless start disappearing and the local police department gets the case. And, of course, before you know it, Jim is the prime suspect. But the question is, did he really do it? Ooh, I mean, really, you you have a very intriguing uh, setup there. I mean, it, it's quite fascinating and how the two came together. And like you said, you actually were kind of thinking, well, this was – 10 years before you actually started writing Bloody Paws. And before we get on more to that uh, hint, you, Bloody Paws was not the original title, right? So tell us more about how it evolved into Bloody Paws. Well, it was strays. You know, as I was pointing out, I said, you know, uh, the shelter takes care of stray animals. And, um, and, and I learned from, from uh, my visit to the Humane Society that Unfortunately, about 1.4 million dogs are, are euthanized every year because they can't find homes for them. You know, they're just not adoptable for whatever reason. Well, you know, that's almost the same number of people that are homeless in this country. So I, I kind of put the two together in the way that a, a horror novelist might do and say, gee, um, uh, and this is the, this is the dark voice in, in Jim's head saying, hey, we could solve this problem. Uh, is we can eliminate the strays, the stray humans, one shot at a time. So uh, there you have it. Jeez. <laughs> well, and <laughs> too, you you t- talked a little bit about your inspiration, so to speak, uh, watching this poor gentleman uh, dig through the garbage, which had to have been a sight to see. Although, unfortunately, way too many of us have seen similar experiences. Uh, but so I assume that a lot of this book maybe was drawn from your personal experience, and hopefully you don't have a, a voice called Dime in your own head there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, well, it's true. Part of it was uh, I recently uh, moved back from Portland, Oregon, where I lived for six years, and I walked around the city everywhere, and there's a terrible homeless problem. So a lot of it came from there. Um, there are, uh, as I, I started thinking about it, there are hundreds of things from my own personal experiences in here. Uh, one is kind of fun. Uh, the, the name of my, uh, my main character, Jim Briggs's um, mobile veterinary van is called Have Paws, Will Travel. Now, that's a tribute to my, gran- to my grandfather. And my grandfather and I used to watch 
endless episodes of old TV western called Have Gun Will Travel. So that, that was... And then in a more personal scene, I have uh, uh, Jim Briggs go to the hospital to take his comatose mother, a lifelong smoker who's near death from lung cancer, off life support. He goes over to the bedside. He leans in as he holds her hand, and he whispers, I love you, Mom, and will miss you. At that very moment, his mother's head comes off the pillow, her eyes bulging as if she had seen a ghost. A moment later, she falls back on the bed, comatose. Well, that is exactly what happened to me at my mother's bedside at John Muir Hospital's ICU on Mother's Day in 2004. So that's a pretty personal kind of thing that I put in the novel. Wow, Bruce. Well, speaking of the novel, I mean, you obviously have have made a living uh, through a few careers uh, writing, so you're obviously talented that way. But it's a different thing to write, say, even for a newspaper or PR pieces to writing a full novel. What made you decide to become a novelist, and how long did it take for you to create Bloody Paws? Well, you know, I was thinking about that. I just, as I mentioned, I started this just as a bucket list item during, uh, you know, COVID. I said, I'm this year, I'm going to write a novel and I'm going to produce a genealogy book for the family. That's all I had on my bucket list. But uh, so, but the story actually took me probably four years to write. And then, you know, I can't even tell you how many, uh, how much longer it took me to like edit and get it ready for, for my publisher. Uh, I know you're a successful author, so so you know what I'm talking about, and other authors out there as well. Um, so it took me a long time, and there was a lot I didn't know about writing a novel. And I got uh, you know several rejections as novelists do, and the the publishers who rejected me and the agents gave me some good feedback, and I used that to actually get this first novel published. And then uh, my second novel uh, took. Uh, bloody pages took me about eight hours to plot i mean i just did it really quickly about two months to work out the details and then only took me 90 days to write and uh, i'm an extremely fast i'm extremely fast writer something i learned from turning out thousands of words a day as a newspaper reporter yeah, boy, because you had to write under deadline there. When you're writing a novel, the deadline's up to you pretty much. I mean, unless you have a contract and you have to get it done. But it's easy to put it off. But how great to be able to just sit down there and have the words flow. I envy that, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, never had a, I never had a problem uh, or got blocked while I was writing. And most of it was done at a coffee shop. I would uh, walk a mile and a half to a coffee shop in Portland I would uh, sit for an hour or two, uh, work on it, and then I'd walk back. I'd get my exercise and, and get, uh, you know, get maybe a chapter or some scene written uh, in the process. Well, well, I'm glad that the second novel is a lot uh, easier, faster experience than the first because uh, you kind of have the hang of it now. But you've also, again, you're plotting your third novel as we speak. So tell us how the themes of each of these novels connect because they do. It's like a trilogy, I assume. You know, it is. And I actually uh, was thinking there might be a fourth book, but I guess that's jumping ahead. well, one of the things uh, that, that I did, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I changed the name from 
um, strays to Bloody Paws, which is actually a clue in the book. And then I was thinking, you know, as putting on my PR hat and thinking, um, for marketing purposes, you know, you, you need to have these books uh, have the same titles or similar titles. And I, I learned that from looking at what other authors were doing, plus my PR experience. And uh, luckily for me, uh, my publisher, Black Rose Writing, has a wonderful cover designer, and he created this design with a uh, bloody red paw on a stark white background. And when you look at it in the bookstore or online, it just jumps off the page. And so I thought, okay, I need to have bloody in the other titles. And, of course, the bloody pages <laughs> and bloody feathers. And um, the, uh, uh, each one I decided needed to have, you know, rather than just be a, a you know, it's a good place procedural, a good read, fun read, but a, a little more serious theme. And uh, the second one is about intergenerational violence. And the third about uh, environmental. Bruce? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I think you cut out for a minute. You said the third one's about environmental, and then we didn't hear you for a minute. But, oh, the third, the third one is envir- about environmental justice. Well, and then two, you've got you've got Kim Jansen. So tell us about her because she's a detective. Yeah, Kim Jansen. This is, uh, I think, an interesting part too. The four main characters: two police officers and two veterinarians. And um, uh, Jim and Kim, Kim, who's a uh, a patrol officer, and Mark Larson, uh, uh, also a patrol officer, becomes a detective. Uh, the three of them witness the breakdown of the the uh, the homeless lady who's a meth addict. So they're all there, and from that experience, um, the book grows into a mystery. And of course, uh, since um, Jim is the best, he's best friends with the with the chief detective, and the other cop, uh, Kim Jansen, who becomes a detective. She is um, uh, Jim Briggs' lover, girlfriend, and wife-to-be. So they're all interconnected, which makes it even uh, more dramatic when uh, Briggs turns out to be a suspect. Oh, yes. <laughs> really? Now, I have to ask you, because, again, you said writing's easy for you, but when you make these little twists and things like that, do you plot it out? You mentioned something about creating a structure. Do you do, like, an outline of the book, or do things change as you're writing? Like, you go, oh, yeah, oh, gosh, yeah, Kim is, uh, you know, is a detective, and she's thinking, oh, my goodness, my boyfriend here might have committed murder. So, I, I, I mean, flashes of insight while you're writing, or you have it pretty well plotted out? Well, the first one was uh, the first book, this one, uh, Bloody Paws, uh, was uh, what they call uh, Done by the Seat of My Pants. I uh, would be walking down the street and I'd say, oh, I've got an idea for the next scene. And I'd go to the coffee shop and work with it. And it did it in bits and pieces. And when I got to the end, uh, I had a story, but it was a mess. Uh, the second story, I, uh, the second book, uh, Bloody Pages, I decided you know, I was making too much work for myself. So what I did is I carefully plotted it out. 
But even though it's plotted out, every scene, I know what's going to happen in every scene, there's a lot of creativity that goes into actually building the scene and what they say and all of that. So I think you can have it both ways. You can carefully plot it out like a lot of authors do and then still have a lot of creativity to um, uh, develop the story the way you want. And I assume that the better that you you know your characters, you know, the more you become acquainted with them, they kind of tell you their own words every once in a while. You know, they do. In fact, uh, one of the things that, that happened when I was writing the novel, um, for example, is I would be walking down the street with my wife, uh, you know, just getting out for uh, a little afternoon stroll, and I would come by <clears throat> these big – um, delivery vans, and I would. I said to her one time, I said, "Well, that's Jim Briggs' van," and she looked at me. She said, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "Well, <laughs> you know, my veterinarian. That's the kind of van he has." She and she just shakes her head. You know, it's like your character's <laughs> getting your head pretty soon. You know, they're they're living with you. Wow. Well, speaking of living with you, this story will live with anybody who reads it. It's a great feature story. And I just wanted to know, too, um, do you have any ideas that you want your readers to take away from your books? Because they all, in addition to being, you know, thriller and a great story, they all have a social theme connected with them. You know, I think the best thing, uh, especially related to homelessness, um, it seems like, uh, you know, this is a problem everywhere in the country. And uh, I think uh, we need to urge our city officials to um, look for best practices around the country and, and implement them rather than trying to create, uh, you know, recreate uh, solutions, which it seems is, is what they do in so many different places. Um, for example, in Portland, we approved as homeowners $250 million a year uh, worth of funds to um, rid, rid the city of uh, homelessness and help the unsheltered. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't come up with the solutions. They just couldn't agree on, on the best way to do it. So that's that. So I would say let's urge our, all of our, our city officials to get busy and look for best practices and, um, uh, so that we can help, uh, help these people. Well, and another thing just for you, Bruce, is you are, again, in the wrapping in a very attractive package, a great story, but you're bringing up some real issues that we all should consider, and sometimes it's so easy to forget about them. But, again, bringing it, you know, top of mind through a great story is a wonderful way to do that. So, Bruce, it has been such a pleasure to interview you. I was looking forward to this, and you have exceeded my expectations. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Well, and also the you know sharing you have a an amazingly creative mind. I do say a thirst for blood, but hey, we'll we'll forgive you for that. And of course, creating such a unique and fascinating book, Bloody Paws. So I urge all of you listeners out there to get your hands on this book. And next August, his next book is coming out too. And then we'll await the third and maybe even a fourth because they are a, a window into you know some like I mentioned some of the social issues we deal with and real page-turners as well. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.